the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I love that opener. I really do. Guess what? No Jimmy singing burger here this morning. Taking a little vacaciones. And guess what? Good friend of Jimmy Sangenberger, Matt Dunn, showing up here at the pre-crack of dawn. There is no sunlight out there. It is dark. It is 6.06 a.m. Mountain Time. And I thought I would stroll in here and just bloviate a little bit for like three hours, 6 to 9 a.m. Got the great Leroy back there behind the glass. Thanks for being here and for the hospitality and for allowing such an individual as myself to uh, to fill these shoes here for just a little bit this morning. Normally, I host Backbone Radio on Sundays, Sundays, 4 to 7 p.m., and both Jimmy and I are becoming quite the veterans around 710 KNUS, your local talk leader been here for a few years and you can always find the backbone radio podcast over there uh, on the 710knus.com uh website or of course over at omni studio or just google it and you don't want to miss an episode right you can get all caught up with everything going back for oh maybe 14 years maybe longer <laughs> At any rate, yeah, when does the sun supposed to come up, Leroy? It's no sign of it, which does make me think it's a little too early to be in here talking about current events, about what's going on out there in the world. But you know what? Guess what? You know, we have a midterm election coming up, and so you might as well get with it and get going. And there's the potential, at least nationally, right, for the red wave phenomenon. And I do think if we have just enough election integrity, That is what's going to happen. Colorado, of course, you know, this purple-blue, maybe blue state remains a bit of a question mark. But I did catch at least some of the Heidi Ganahl-Jared Polis debate. I thought we'd maybe look at that just a little bit. And uh, I thought, you know, didn't Jared Polis seem like he was flailing a little bit, nervous a little bit, kind of dodging questions a lot? Maybe the Kim Kardashian thing? As Colorado, yeah, Colorado seems like all the leading indicators are going in the wrong direction. How is this that we are, like, number one in auto theft? How, how has that happened under Jared Polis's leadership? And I don't know, if, if more people understood that, you know, is the, is the media getting that out? Does the media report on that fairly? I don't know. You know, if the, if the voting public knew... What was really going on in Colorado, wouldn't they want to make a change? As Heidi Ganahl pointed out, number one in inflation in the country. Whoa. Every state has their own inflation rate, their own unique one. And I guess we are number one. Good job, Jared Polis. Well done. Number two in fentanyl death. Such a horrific scenario. 
with our Joe Biden, Democrat-inspired and even rhino-abetted wide-open border, bringing the fentanyl across. Heidi Ganahl points out we're the third worst state for crime in the country. She points out 60% of our kids cannot read at grade level. God, grief. You know, it's like uh, we're number one in bank robberies, Colorado. Number one in cocaine use in Colorado. Number one in package theft. Package theft. Does that mean like when a package is left at your front door, like Amazon leaves a package there? Is that the kind of package that they're talking about there? Yeah. And uh, apparently, yeah, our inflation rate is 15.6%. This is pointed out by Schatz, S-C-H-O-T-T-S, over there on Twitter. Hmm. Got a significant homeless problem, rising violent crime rate. It's just, uh, you know, life is a blue state. How's it going for one and all in this state of Colorado? But my advice, at least, you know, is this Republicans get out there and vote Republican, just straight ticket all the way up and down. And just, you know, listen to the media try to get you all psyoped and discouraged and nothing, no hope, you know. Oh, probably couldn't even bother to get out there and fill in your ballot and get it in. No, don't listen to all of that. Be cool. Keep calm and carry on. And let's see what we can come up with heading into November of 2022, a very important time for this country where we, we you know, I mean, Biden is out there conducting a clinic, a clinic on how to screw up a nation, of how to just blow it, of how to be the worst president in American history. Yeah, a great friend of Jared Polis and a great friend of our Democrat Senator Bennett. They just love Joe Biden. They did everything possible to get Joe Biden elected back in the day. And now he screwed up the place. And now, like, it's time for a little accountability for the best friends of Biden, people like Polis, people like like Bennett. And I'll talk about this, you know, a little bit of like, what are we up to? What are we doing heading into November? And I've got a few other things I might just be unfurling as this program goes on. Um, on Backbone Radio uh, last week had a caller who said, hey, you know, a fellow from down in Fort Worth, Texas, called in and said, you know, what is it that can be done? I mean, we see so much negative. We see the country unraveling. We have this sense that America itself is dying. What what can be done? What needs to be done? And I sat down and thought about that after the program. And, of course, I had a brilliant answer on the fly when that question came up. But I, I thought, you know, what if I just refined that a little bit? What if I dialed in some of the details and what if we shared that a little bit here this morning, even? And what needs to be done? Just just blunt and just frank, and where where are we going? And uh, how can we save this noble, noble land, the United States of America, this beloved nation? I got some thoughts. I've got some thoughts. And I've got some thoughts about manhood. Manhood, yeah. Is, uh, is manhood under attack Tucker Carlson's been doing a documentary about the end of men, the end of men in America, and how men are constantly under attack. And masculinity is under attack in a way because masculinity might be perceived or 
is in reality a threat to corporate culture, is, is a threat to elite power to have assertive and determined and, uh, and uh, concerned men, masculine men out there in society that could somehow, does it make the elites nervous having, having men around? Would they, would they rather somehow have men be neutered and neutralized and become, I don't know, unmanly in their approach to their personal lives and approach to their professional lives and approach to the current ongoing political situation in this country. I think, I think you can sense that, right? Do you sense that? What if we delved into that in a little bit more detail in a way that, uh, you know, let, let's, let's bolster manhood a little bit. And, I, you know, Leroy, you, you've got that covered. We've got that covered around here at 710 KNUS. But I think you need to hear a little bit more about this phenomenon and what it means. Tulsi Gabbard has left the Democratic Party. <laughs> and she came out to speak at the Western Conservative Summit back in June. You remember that? Played some of those audio clips over on Backbone Radio, and she gave one heck of a great speech. And she left the Democrat Party because she gets it. A former congresswoman from Hawaii, she ran for the presidency as a Democrat in 2020, had that legendary debate with Kamala Harris, uh, who was also running at that time before Kamala Harris bowed out with like 0% of the vote. But Tulsi Gabbard, what, what does Tulsi, uh, what does, why, does, why does she leave the Democratic Party? I said because she gets it. She gets that the Democrats have become a vessel of elite power in this country. They've become a big bunch of warmongers, and they're pushing America to the brink of Armageddon here with this Ukraine proxy war that Democrats and rhinos have helped maneuver us into a, just a completely ridiculous, preposterous situation in which nuclear war, the prospects of nuclear war, have risen dramatically, especially in the, you know, since Biden took over, especially since, in my opinion, the American military industrial complex has provoked Russia into the situation that it is in. <laughs> and I know it's strange to hear that, but $67 billion has gone to Ukraine. That Zelensky freak dude is constantly asking for more billions of dollars. He just always needs more billions, you know, and American people who got a little inflation problem, got some economic problems of our own are constantly being asked to shovel more billions over to Ukraine in order to raise the prospects of a nuclear war. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard is not on board with that. Tulsi Gabbard is not interested in that one little bit. And I think, uh, you know, Tulsi Gabbard also talks about the problem of the deep state, of the national security state, of the surveillance state which for me is the most important thing to realize, to grasp, and to comprehend. And, uh, yeah, sneak preview. That's one of the things that needs to be done to save America is to, is to rein in the deep state, the national security state, the surveillance state, the military-industrial complex. Or, yeah, we're going to be sitting around, you know, no freedom, living in pods and facing the prospect of nuclear Armageddon. Because our elites happen to be a very sick bunch of people. Sick, twisted, 
unhealthy, paranoid people who have somehow found themselves, gotten to be on top of this republic of ours, the one that they call our democracy because it belongs to them. (laughs) It's their democracy. It's not yours. They don't want you participating in their democracy. But let's look at that. I I think Tulsi gets it. Could that be a 2024 ticket to Trump-Tulsi? Could that happen? Would that would that raise any eyebrows to people who get it, to people who understand it, who know how what is wrong with this country, what's most wrong with this country, and how we need to save it? Got some thoughts on how elites control people, control you, control your minds. They want you afraid. They want you frightened. They want you demoralized. British politician named Tony Benn dug up some clips from him about how they control you and about what we need to do to not be controlled by the people behind the curtain. Did you see this, by the way, Elon Musk under federal investigation for his purchase of Twitter? (laughs) Yeah, the feds are investigating Elon over this Twitter purchase. And uh, what is that about? I tell you that it's, it's almost like the feds think that the prospect of free speech is abhorrent to them, that the free speech is should be illegal. Yeah. Elon Musk's whole point in buying Twitter, as he states it, is to uh, increase and promote free speech in the United States of America, around the world. And the feds are investigating that they're not they don't want free speech, especially before a midterm election where. If you don't have tech tyrant control of Facebook, Twitter, the rest of the media, well, that makes Democrats nervous. Oh, that makes them nervous to not have control over speech. So the feds are going to investigate and try to, like, gum up the works and delay it. And that's that's what is, you know, Elon Musk, richest man in the world, taking on the deep state. That's what this is about. Twitter, Facebook, all the rest of that is a deep state run deal where speech is rigidly controlled and patrolled. Oh, that's how they want it. And, you know, after Biden has screwed up the country for, what, year and a half, almost two years, they really, really have a premium on controlling speech and discourse heading into November. So we'll see where that goes. Um, By the way, uh, yeah, Biden says, oh, well, yeah, it could be worse. The economy could be worse. And yeah, you know, I don't think there's going to be a recession, but if there is, it's going to be like a little one. Yeah, it's just a little one. Tiny one. Yeah, that's what Biden says. <laughs> you have to laugh at how bad that individual is at being president. Yeah, that best friend of uh, Jared Polis and Senator Bennett from Colorado. How how bad that Oh, they are yoked to Joe Biden. Colorado voters, I mean, you, you, you were propagandized that Trump was this really, really bad guy and Meanwhile, Trump's the guy out there, like the only statesman who's saying that, hey, let's let's not have Armageddon. Let's not have World War Three over Ukraine. Let's let's get some negotiations going. The people that are taking us to the brink do not know what they're doing. This would not have happened under Trump. But the propaganda has been such that people think, oh, yeah, well, Trump is the fascist. Trump is the warmonger. And so but oh, but he's actually the only voice out there saying let's have some peace prodding the negotiation potential to defuse Ukraine. But, oh, no, no, Trump's the fact. You ever realize how propagandized you've been to think that we must have nuclear war, we must have nuclear Armageddon, we must vaporize your community, your home, your family, 
your kids must be vaporized in a nuclear war because Trump was so bad, right? Trump was the fascist. And do you ever realize how warped and twisted your mind has gotten? Too many people, some people, but not so much around here, around 710 KNUS. Those are just some random stream of thought comments that I I thought I would bring to bear, and I'll be exploring each of these issues in more detail as the program goes on. And yeah, 2024 is going to be interesting that uh, Ron DeSantis behind the scenes, a lot of Republican money is coalescing around DeSantis, trying to get him to run in 2024. And uh, the question is, will he do it? Paul Ryan, the rhino speaker of the House, one of the worst Republican politicians ever, has come out saying that he, he's endorsing DeSantis. He wants DeSantis to run. Doesn't that make you uh, even more suspicious of DeSantis, who's also been endorsed by David Frum, one of the worst neoconservative warmongers in history, dishonest columnist for The Atlantic. Why are all the neoconservatives so psyched about DeSantis? Why is Bill Kristol out there saying such great things about DeSantis? Does it make you wonder what is going on? Yeah, we'll talk. We will talk. And how about let's start looking at uh, yeah midterms and the Ganahl-Polis debate and so forth. When we come back, it's probably getting to be break time if I run on. Okay, uh, everybody has their own time clock around here. But it's Matt Dunn. It's 710 KNU West, 303-696-1971. Feel free to check in. The phones are already lighting up. If you're on, if you'd hang on for just a second, let's take a little break. We'll come back, and we will talk a bit more. Be right back. Coming back in, yeah, Matt Dunn here in for... Jimmy Singenberger, my longtime buddy, my good friend, and of course we always have the friendly rivalry over who has the best bumper music in town. Somehow Jimmy has persuaded himself that it is him, it is he, and I always marvel at that when of course it is me, it is c'est moi, it is Backbone Radio on Sundays, 4 to 7 p.m., <laughs> and... I think it's a, it's a very clear-cut case um, for the reality of my position, if you want my opinion on that. And um, I guess um, the producer here, Mr. Leroy, invited me to bring some of my own music in. And so I, you know, I just did. We'll, just, we'll have some twang. We'll have some good times. We'll have some R.E.M. The Time to Rise has been engaged, the finest work song. You just heard that. And... Let's veer over to a little, yeah, what's what's the, the Heidi Ganahl, I think, scored some major points in that debate against Jared Polis for the governorship here in Colorado. We'll get to that in just a moment, but hey, uh, let's say hello to uh, Chuck. Chuck, checking in from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Chuck, love it when you can you can take a moment for us. You, you're an early riser, apparently, because uh, I guess it's a little little later in Oklahoma, but glad you're up and checking in. Welcome to the program. Well, early riser like uh, this a.m., and I was like when Randy was uh, doing like mornings, but um, <laughs> I gave up on that because of the change in the program. But anyway, um, there was, somebody had a guest on a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they were talking about the polls, and they were saying like the reason that he believes they're so inaccurate is because – Let's say if you call those of us known as a, a Trump voter or, or deplorable or um, 
someone who's a, um, I guess, white supremacist or so forth. In other words, you know, you voted Republican in this, uh, you know, 2020. Right. Bad people uh, in general, right? The bad people out there. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, he, he believes that um, people, I guess, just aren't responding to polls because you don't want to chant what the consequences could be when you look around and see everything that's happening. He believes that the um, the underlying... A uh, vote is so much greater than what the polls are giving credit for. Oh yeah, what do you think well that, that's got to be a factor with polling data. Is that that you know a lot of folks, uh, conservative-minded folks, America first-minded folks, are not going to talk to some stranger on the phone, and they're kind of resent having their phone ring in the first place for some solicitor or some pollster. Um, the polling industry itself is essentially one big psyop, one, uh, you know, psychological operation designed to control and mold the minds of the public. There's infinite games that they can play with polling, and it's like when they take the poll, like after they flood the media zone with a certain narrative and a certain story, then they run the poll after that narrative has, has taken root in the minds of the global, then they can bring their poll out to say that, oh, see, look, yeah, Republican voters are bad people. Yeah, see, you know, or they're getting it or Yeah, oh, Democrats are doing well heading into the midterms. Another thing they can do is they can, they can do polling with registered voters rather than likely voters, which they can help manipulate the kind of results they want. But that's part of the mind control operation, why people do not trust polls and why the last several election cycles, the polling, the big polling firms have basically gotten it wrong by over 10 points plus, depending on the different poll. Interesting, I saw that Real Clear Politics, you ever go to the Real Clear Politics website, they're, they're starting a, a polling initiative to try to restore faith and trust in the polling industry from the American people. And I was thinking, that is a very tall order. It's It's not going to happen, but... I always just advise people to just tune it all out and don't believe any of it. No, it's part of the mechanism to manipulate your minds, especially heading in to the midterms. So I don't know well, if you see any politics, of that. Yeah, go ahead. Real clear politics was going to be my next um, point because now here here in Oklahoma, I mean, we're about as um, red a red as, as can be. You've got a and, pretty uh, good place <laughs> out there. Um, actually, who, who is your senator? Um the, the senator that makes the most headlines. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his well, we name. Have, yeah, James Lankford, yeah. Yeah, Lankford. He, once in a while, he he says some stuff that strikes me as quite good and quite common sense. But then, you know, he turns around and seems to roll over and but, show his, like, uniparty deep but, state credentials from time to time. And do you ever perceive that, Chuck, that he's not quite oh, uh, sure. what he seems? Yeah, he, he would think that... Um, that he was a uh, a candidate from uh, Colorado running for uh, for Senate, but uh, no. My point was going to be uh, about real real clear politics is that uh, they're showing the Democrat like for governor up like by four points. Um, our governor's up for a you know reelection, uh-huh. and to think that um, this woman that uh, that's running now. I mean, there's just no way. But see, there's a case of the, of um, the polling where they put her up by four, and everybody like might you know stand back and say, "Hey, wait a minute, you know uh, what's going on here?" But uh, I know, I mean, I can tell you just from that, that's uh, just not the case. 
One interesting thing about heading into the midterms is, you know, you're seeing a lot about the abortion issue and mm-hmm. um, the media is constantly pounding at home that, uh, oh, Democrats have a huge advantage on abortion and abortion is going to really save the Democrats. And, you know, you hear it in all the news breaks and all the, the propaganda that gets piped in. But uh, the uh, Monmouth, which is a, you know, slightly more reliable in some cases, poll has abortion ranked <laughs> as the seventh most important issue heading into the election. It's the seventh. But what the Democrats are trying to do is uh, th- they need something. They need something to rally around. And it might as well be, you know, uh, the, you know, killing babies. Right. And so they're, they're actually doing that and trying to create some kind of a, a platform for themselves, as, as we as we said that they were going to do. And uh, but it's it's the seventh most important issue. Um, definitely not as high as you would think if you tuned in to the media right now. And so that's you know I'm watching sort of that play out. Um, but uh, you would say that maybe that's putting in a little bit of a floor for some Democrats, or at least something that they can talk about and and feel good about, right? But uh, it's oh, not true. nearly uh, as big of a deal. What people are most concerned about, you know, are the pocketbook issues and. The, the terrible inflation, the bear stock market, uh, go down that list, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, you pull up to the gas pump. Uh, are, are you thinking, geez, like um, I know someone's going to get an abortion, or um, you know, you look in a grocery store and think, uh, oh, geez, if I was in that situation, you know, would I get an abortion or not? You know what I'm saying? No, there's just no way. Just like with uh, global warming, you know, it's just uh, the same type of deal. In, uh, I mean, because they've told you, like, if you bought an electric vehicle, we would have never had a hurricane, um, you know. In <laughs> yeah. And then uh, you got to love that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the thing is, too, if you did have an electric vehicle, where in the world are you going to um, uh, recharge if you're living in the Fort Myers area or so forth? You know, did you see um, the thing about uh, some some of the electric vehicles uh, from the hurricane were like spontaneously Blow combusting, blowing up? That's kind yeah. of I, I saw a few of those. I thought, oh, I, I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently it is. And by the way, over at uh, American Greatness publication, you should be reading. It's uh, Ned Ryan, R-Y-U-N, has an essay. Things are much worse than they seem for Democrats. He says, don't believe the PSYOP polls. Democrats are in for a shellacking unlike any they've had in a long while. And uh, he says that, you know, uh, on that abortion issue, as abortion has faded as even a semi-motivating issue over the past month, the real issues on people's minds are inflation, crime, election integrity, unemployment, immigration, and infrastructure. And you notice that they don't even put – Ukraine doesn't even make the list. Um, oh, no. People uh, seem to be you know, kind of going along with this, you know, hey, let's uh, have nuclear Armageddon over Ukraine, over who runs the Donbass. I think that's 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 not helping the Democrats like they, they somehow thought like war footing would help. But I don't sense that. Do you sense that, Chuck? <laughs> no. Everything they know is that they've got a guy who just turned 80 who can't find his way off the stage and um, <laughs> or on that we, that we would not be uh, sending any money or be involved in that at all. If uh, Trump was still, had, you know, had uh, been reelected. Absolutely. They wouldn't have even they wouldn't have even amassed on the border. No, no, no. It, it would never have become 
a thing. And it obviously didn't under four years of Trump. But uh, Biden gets in there. Next thing you know, it's the prospect of Armageddon. But yet the masses out there, some of them are so propagandized, they think that we, you know, Armageddon must be a good thing. It tells you how warped yeah. people's minds have become in this in this culture of ours of, you know, constant false information and propaganda. And anyway, well, tell you what, Chuck, I'd keep going, but I guess I'm getting the signal is break time over here. But uh, yeah, good luck down in Oklahoma. I know we certainly need a lot of that here in Colorado, the formerly red state. I'm old enough to remember the red stateness of Colorado. But anyway, oh, yeah. right. and by the way, Chuck, I should tell you, my, my uh, great grandfather was in the, uh, the Cherokee land rush in Oklahoma back when uh, back in the day. I have a lot of family down yeah. there. So, uh, oh, okay, good. Yeah, and I've, yeah. I've spent my time driving tractors and combines and, uh, and, uh, and wheat trucks in the state of Oklahoma. So, so love oh, it when you, you can check in. Anyway, so all okay. the best to you, sir. Let's, let's be staying close. And should I, uh, should, I, should I move on? Okay, okay. If you're on the phone lines, keep hanging on, and we shall be back forthwith. It's Matt Dunn in for Jimmy Singenberger, 303-696-1971. Telling it like it is, that's what the duty of this talk radio host happens to be Matt Dunn for Jimmy Singenberger. And yeah, last four weeks before Election Day, that Ned Ryan article, I referenced it, American greatness, that things are much worse than they seem for Democrats. Um, he closes out by saying, it is important during these last four weeks before Election Day to do everything in our power to make it so. Keep calm, carry on, and annihilate the left. The tears and screams of agony from those twisted souls as they lose their precious ring of congressional power will be extremely enjoyable on election night. And yeah, the, the, what, what are voters concerned about? Inflation, crime, election integrity, unemployment, immigration, and infrastructure. That's uh, what we're concerned about. And, and Biden has conducted a course in how to screw all of those things up and help help sink this republic. I'm off to the phones in one second. I just wanted to work in a bit of this debate, Heidi Ganahl versus Jared Polis, the governorship debate. And um, yeah, Heidi Ganahl scoring some points, folks. I was very impressed. And why don't we just get a little, yeah, Jared Polis, best friend of Joe Biden. Yeah. Best friends. Wanted to see all in favor of the bear market and everything that's being screwed up. The wide open border, the fentanyl, the crime. Let's hear Heidi lay it out. And what our record is says a lot about us. So that being said, we're going to talk about Jared's record in his first term. Number one in inflation in the entire country. Number two in fentanyl deaths. Third worst state for crime in the country. And 60% of our kids can't read or at grade level. Jared, that is quite a record. Now he wants a second term to fix the problems that he's created. I love Colorado, and I hope to be a voice for all of you. There we go, from Heidi Ganahl laying it out. And what is the deal with Kim Kardashian and Governor Polis? What is the deal? How, how come Jared Polis seems to be dodging questions, not answering, you know, trying to escape this Kim Kardashian? Did Kim Kardashian call him? Before 
he uh, resentenced the mass killer trucker before he, he, he got in there and meddled with that sentencing. And did he obstruct justice in, as, as he did so? Did he sell out the victims and the safety of Colorado because he wanted to somehow get uh, get points from Kim Kardashian, the celebrity for why is Kim Kardashian a celebrity anyway? Yeah. I like her ex-husband, Kanye West. Yee, that guy is awesome. I play a lot of his stuff over at Backbone Radio. But uh, let's hear both. Is Polis being straight up with the voters of Colorado here? Ashan, call you to ask for that leniency. Well, this was a simple decision. 110 years was uh, bizarre, unusual, uh, completely outrageous. Millions of people agreed. But more importantly, we just looked at the data and said, look, this kind of crime, okay. normally there's a five, ten-year sentence. Okay. Uh, we made sure we reduced it. But, but did she call did you? Did she call you? Or uh, did she you publicly issued tweets, and, and she, she uh, But again, okay. look, I'm the governor right. who does what's right for Colorado, not what's right for Kim Kardashian. All right. We, we've got to ah. get to closing statements. Governor Polis, did she call you? The straight-up direct question, did she call you? And his response is, she publicly issued tweets. Didn't say yes or no. Didn't say yes, she called me. No, she did not call me. He said no, she publicly issued tweets. Did she call you? Simple question. Did she call you? And, oh, she publicly issued tweets. And so you see the dodge. He's trying to make it, well, no, it was a public thing. But without saying it, weasel words, weasel words. Do Do we want Kim Kardashian involved in Colorado politics? Is that what we want? Do we want to keep Governor Polis around? Hmm. I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Number one in auto theft. Crime out of control. Denver in decay. Oh, what a mess. Number two in fentanyl deaths. Number one inflation in the country, 15.6%. Oh, 60% of our kids can't read at grade level. Let's say hello to Malcolm. Yeah. Malcolm in Hi. Denver. Yeah, thanks for checking in, Malcolm. Thanks for hanging on a minute. What's, what's on your mind, sir? Yeah, well, I wanted to disagree with you about the polling industry, even though you and I probably agree with 99% of things. Uh, you sort of uh, framed it as a, as a conspiracy, but the polling industry is a legitimate business, which gets its name in the papers on election. But, you know, they they tell McDonald's that, you know, whether the people would like chocolate sprinkles on the shamrock shake or not. And and that Democrats are known to, to always talk more than Republicans. They're just lo- more loquacious people by nature. And the polling industry, I think, wants to get it right to legitimize their um, commercial um uh, usefulness to, you know, McDonald's and uh, well, Toyota. One thing on that, Malcolm, you know, businesses, if they want to do a poll to know what their uh, their consumer base wants, that's one thing, and that doesn't necessarily get politicized because it's not going for the public. It doesn't mean, like, power is at stake for the people in charge. They They want to get the most accurate information possible to create products that their their consumers want. But isn't it a little different to poll in politics where, yeah, you're, you're dealing with the psychology of the masses and um, you can create momentum one way or the other and you can bolster and support and put platforms under one party or another. Um, I think that 
I think that uh, it's a little different world versus internal business polling versus uh, political polling. But I would submit to you that each political campaign, they want to know what's really going on, but they keep the really going on polls hidden and private and within their own campaigns. But they go public with the polls and they produce the polls to the public if they advantage themselves in any way. You think that's possible, Malcolm? Oh, <laughs> you made a very clear point, and maybe you, <laughs> maybe, yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Um, but you notice there, but there's I, times where you, you won't see a poll for like weeks or a month or two if the polls are like bad. Like, you know, the polling is they're always polling, they're always polling, and they don't release stuff, in my opinion, a lot of these partisan hack polls until it advantages the side they want to advantage. And once they can find some way to produce a poll that gives them some benefit, then they'll go out with it. They, but they won't produce the other stuff or the other timing. That's one of the factors here. But, so, but do you tend to trust polls? Uh, like, do you think polling has been pretty accurate in 2020, 2020 election and uh, 2016 election? You no, 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 really. It was remarkably unsuccessful. They, I mean, Trump won against all the polls. And do you remember in Ohio, John Kerry lost for John, you know, to Bush Jr. You know, the polls yeah. were, were wrong. You yeah. know, were wrong. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and I think when they produce these polls, they know that they are wrong and they know how they can manipulate it. But yet uh, that's just part of the system. It's part of how they run the show and part of how they control our mind. Something really bad happens to the Democrats or some bad economic news or some bad thing. And then um, they can eventually come out with a poll that says, oh, no, actually, it wasn't that bad because people don't think that it was bad. You see. Anyway, Malcolm, thank you, sir. Thanks for checking in. We'll be back. Thank you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.